0: welcome to Season 8 of the Abiding Together Podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam james Highland, and each and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Bensinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and sharing all kinds of things together our walk with Jesus, our insights, the lessons we are still learning, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. You can find out more information about all of our episodes at abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in and welcome home. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Welcome to season eight, season eight, season eight, season eight. Heather and Michelle, here we are. Right, this has been a long-awaited time. I've missed you guys over the summer. So, (laughs) there's so much we missed you too. Yeah, there's so much we could talk about. We just want to say welcome to all of our listeners and thanks for all your feedback this summer and. Here we go. The world is is looking a lot of different than it was a few months ago. So Michelle, how are things for you? And welcome to season eight. Oh
1: hi, sister. Hi Heather. I'm Hi. Uh season eight. Here we go. Okay. I was hoping by the time that we were back in podcast rhythm that we would not still be quarantining, coveting and all this kind of stuff, but that is no longer that is still the case. You know, we still have that mm-hmm. sneaky virus all around, but I am good right now. It's just trying to find a new normal in our new normal society and to see how it goes. But today I am good, so I will take it. Heather, how are you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, day by day, that's what it feels like. You know, everything is uh, continually changing. I think that's been the biggest hardship for many people, including myself, which is just, yeah, how do we keep pivoting you know, every day to the new things that happen and the things that get canceled and the things that we have to adjust to. So, even with our oldest daughter, she was all ready to go to Franciscan University in person, and we had to shift that to where she's doing that online now. Being an international student, we just felt it wasn't the wisest choice for us. So, yeah, things like that, are they're a big deal, but God is in the midst of it all, and I definitely mm-hmm, am yeah. continuing to look to Him with all of this, but excited to start the new season excited to see you ladies. We, we often kind of, as we take a break, like we're busy with other things and um, we don't connect as much. So I'm so excited to be back Mm -hmm. in a rhythm.
0: I think that is one of the gifts about our podcast is that, you know, we talk about adult friendships a lot here and and the, the intentional time that it takes to build them and to maintain them. And and so I think it's great. I think that's one of the great quote unquote excuses of our podcast is it gives us excuse to hang out every week. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So yeah, I'm coming to you. you. You might hear a rooster in the background. There's three of them. You're welcome. And uh, I'm at my mom's <laughs> house in the country. Uh, in Washington State, in the beautiful S- Pacific Northwest. And I just have to say, somebody had to leave the state of Texas in the month of August and take one for the team and spend it, you know, in other Aww, places. So I'm willing to do that. Saw. I know. It's, yeah, well, I do what I can, you know, so, but, uh, but it's been good. So I've just been outside a lot in my mom's garden a lot, and which has been really great in helping her with projects. She's milking a goat, people. That's a whole other story. That goat could be my one thing, but it won't be, <laughs> but it could be. So we're going to talk about uh, this week, we're going to just talk about kind of the opening season here, and the the, gui- the guiding quote we have is from Mother Teresa, which is really wonderful, who's her, if I'm not mistaken, her 110th birthday would have been a couple days ago. No. Did you guys really? that?
1: No, yes. I didn't.
0: Oh, wow. I think, she, I think she would have been, if I'm not mistaken, 110. I'm like, she probably would have been still rocking if she... Hey, that girl's still rocking in heaven. I'm sure her prayers and her session are
1: moving everybody a little bit forward and bossing people around from heaven. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, don't
0: we need it. Go, Mother T. please pray for Amen. us. Amen. So, her quote, uh, which we're going to use to kick off season eight uh, and just ask for her intercession our entire season. She says this. She says, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. So let us begin. And our scripture is going to come from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians four sixteen to 18, where he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I think that just kind of looking, I know this is going to air in a couple of weeks, but just kind of looking at what's happening in the world and all the things that are happening, and just like you both were alluding to of things we thought would be different that aren't, and things that are different now that we didn't expect, and just kind of unraveling. We see a lot of unraveling, and I think people are looking around to say, "What is the Lord doing, and what is He saying in this season?" So maybe Heather, if you want to kick us off, is, you know, what is the what has the Lord taught you during the break? You know, since we've we broke, like we finished recording the late June, and we've had se- several months. You know, just. All kinds of things happening. And I know that the Lord has been speaking to you specifically about certain things. So, would you want to talk to our listeners about what the Lord has taught you during the break, friend, and and what the Lord is doing in your life where you see God?
2: Yeah, I think God has been teaching me a lot during the break, to be honest with you. It has been a hard break for us here. And many, many things just keep going wrong. And at the end of the day, it all, you know, there's similar themes going through it all. I have no control over what is going on, whether it be with the virus or things on our uh, house project that are happening outside, like everything that has been going sideways, which has been so disruptive for us, I have no control over. And so, as I've come to the Lord over and over again, over and over again, many times a day, I'm like, Jesus, please, this is what my prayers often sound like through the day. Please, God, please, that's about all I could get out right now. But I feel like the Lord is like, Heather, I am the firm foundation. I am the one that is unchanging. I need you to rest your feet mm. on me. Like, I need you to know um, that I'm here in a, in a bigger way. Like, let me be everything for you. Let me be your peace. Let me be your joy. Let me be your constant. And I'm like, but Lord, this is hard. Like, I, I keep bumping into all the places that I'm trying to find it elsewhere. And the Lord specifically has been saying to me, just keep your eyes on me. You need to lift your eyes higher than what is going on around you, and you need to fix your eyes on me. And And I literally have been trying to practice that throughout my day by just closing my eyes, because I can look around and literally see things that are falling apart. And I've been closing my eyes and just like engaging in the gaze of God, just becoming aware. He is already looking at me. I'm like, Lord, I want to find you. I want to find your gaze, and I just want to find my peace there. So, the practices for me have been quite practical, you know, like just very specific mm. things to engage with God and to fix my eyes on Him, just like it says in the Scripture. How about for you, Michelle?
1: Yeah, very similar. I think all of us, uh, I think we'll talk about it in the next episode also, but I think all of us, this is such a uncharted territory, so what does it look like? But Uh, really trying to take the ability to go up higher. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? Like, this isn't a a surprise to you. Like, this isn't a surprise to you at all, these conditions. And not even wanting to ask the question, like, what else could happen? No, 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 we don't even ask that question anymore because something else will happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like we had two uh, hurricanes this past week. You know, I was like, okay, something else can happen. But I think for me, one of the big things that the Lord has been teaching me this season is One, to go higher, to see his perspective, and that there's security in his sovereignty, and really to trust that. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that he's just been highlighting—there's been a couple things that he's been highlighting, but one of the uh, big ones is the whole idea of be sober and alert— you know, that scripture keeps on going off. And mm-hmm. every time I thought of the word sober, I'm thinking more like, oh, sober is in, okay, drunk or not drunk. But no, like that we have an emotional sobriety, that we have a spiritual sobriety, that I have emotional sobriety. I have a spiritual sobriety. And that to pay attention to what is going on in my heart, to pay attention to what is going on in the heart of the people around me, to pay attention to how I numb and how I try mm-hmm. to take control of things and when my reaction when I can't control things, why. You know, like there's something in there and that that it like will trigger something. I think a big one has been like to be sober and alert is when to really ask for help and allow other people to take care of me. Uh, It's been a gift. Uh, Sister was with us for almost a week. Our family and it was a rough week when she came here. The kids were off. We were off. It was just... And I just told her, I'm like, you're just getting organic messiness, girl. Like, there's nothing there's <laughs> nothing shiny or pretty. And she came in and just, uh, like, took care of me and loved me so well. And my children and my family. But it was just... Like, she cleaned out refrigerators, pantries. It, was, it, it wasn't a beautiful vacation to Florida. It was... <laughs> you know but it was also very humbling for me like because that's not my posture to allow others to take care of me or pour into me and I just had to sit there and allow her to love me and receive that love and that posture receptivity I'm like I'm a great gift giver I realized I'm not a great gift receiver and why is that and really to look into my heart and like say, Lord, why is that? And probably is because I can't control it.
0: <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, sister, what about you? Oh well, I I love Michelle. I lo- I love you both so much. And I I mean, it was just honestly, it was a gift to be able to come to your house and and for you to let me do that for you. I because I'm you know I love to clean. I'm totally type A and all that. I'm like I'll, I'll clean your fridge. I'll clean your floor. I'll cook it. I'm like I, I loved it. So thank you for letting me do that. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about being at home with somebody is that you can just let them see you as you are and you don't have to entertain them or like perform well. I think all of us have friendships in our life where we feel at home and then other friendships where we feel like we have to perform well or be something that we're not. And I I just, I appreciated very much that I just came over to your house and you just let me love you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was was a great gift. Yeah, I I can relate to both what you both are saying. And I think for, I think for me that over the break, this has been, Just a gosh, a reiteration of the primacy of Christ, Mm -hmm. and I'm not just saying that because I'm a nun. I just, as I look more and more around and what is happening in the world and what's happening in people's lives and just all the things that are happening, there is no other answer than Jesus Christ Himself. Mm -hmm. There is just no other answer. And if I I put this on Twitter recently, I like I haven't really tweeted very much, but I'm like, if 2020 is not a call to personal conversion. And examining our hearts and turning away from sin and darkness and letting Christ heal us so we can live for Him. Like, I don't know what is. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I don't really—anybody with any common sense or any interior knowledge at the end of this year can look back and say, gee, I wonder what the Lord was saying, or <laughs> I wonder what, you know, just, wow, the Lord's like, hello, you know, working with, you know work with me, people. So I think for me, it just— the, the, like all the things that have been so many things have been taken away and things that may not be returned and, and blessed be the Lord. He gives and he takes away and amen to it. But the sovereignty and the primacy of who Christ is and who we are in as his children, it just yeah, it just was it just really marked upon me. And so I think more and more of as we and we will talk about this in a subsequent episode, but more and more of, of what the Lord is calling us to in this next stage, right? Whatever happens, you know, with the rest of twenty twenty to, there is just no other way than to stand in Christ, to rest upon his heart and to stand in Christ. I mean, there is no, there is no other way forward. So it just, it's, I was home for a long time, I think, as we talked about. And then I've been been gone a lot this summer, just having different adventures and just different events and things like that. And just sensing the same thing all over the nation of what people are aching for, what they want to hear, where they're looking to. And you know, I, I loved, Heather, that you said to turn your eyes upon Jesus. I mean, that's something to do with my one thing this week. But it's really true. Like, to whom shall we go, Lord? Honestly, like, to whom shall we go? There, there's no place else. And, I, and I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. I was in my mom's garden, cleaning out her garden. It just had this huge a moment of grace. I'm just so grateful to be on the journey. Mm. I am so grateful I'm so grateful that I can continue to learn and grow and forgive and make mistakes and get back up and ask forgiveness and heal. And I'm so grateful that we're not stuck. I'm so grateful that we're not frozen in a place. I'm so grateful that we haven't quote unquote arrived because that means we can continue to love and to be transformed and to transmit Christ to the world. And amen, like, amen, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I, uh, I got to say, though, it's easy to try to find peace in other things. I find myself all summer, you know, I keep finding myself. I'm like Netflix, um, Prime Video, uh, Mm -hmm. chocolate, uh, whatever it might be. Like Mm -hmm. I can feel myself searching for peace in all of these places. Or like you said, Michelle, like something to numb it out. Like, can I just stop thinking about this feeling? Whatever these difficult emotions are, and I keep trying to hide, you know, in all of these places, and it isn't doing it for me. You know, as much as I keep trying to, like, alleviate the pressure, nothing is alleviating the pressure, and I keep coming back to the Lord just saying, wow, you really want me to depend on you totally. I say this. I want this. I say I want this. Lord, I want this. You know, like I have to keep going back to some of it is just making a decision, you know, like a flat out decision that's not based on fuzzy emotions or like, wow, Lord, I'm so in love with you. I just want to lean in on you. Like I have times like that. This hasn't been one of those times. This is a time where I'm having to make difficult decisions to say, I will not look to these other things that are failing me. And keep bumping into, you know, like this numbing coping condition because, Lord, you've called me to live the full life and I want to trust you. I want to believe your words. And so I'm going to do that right now. I'm making a decision to trust you. So, Lord, come in and fill the ache with your presence, you know, fill the unrest with your peace. And that has been very challenging, you know, and also very good, but it's something I feel like a baby in again, you know, and I'm like, is this not the spiritual life where you're like, Lord, I've been walking closely with you for 25 years and I still feel like I'm at square one. Here we are again. Here we are right at the beginning. So I love that quote by Mother Teresa because there's something to it that says like, we need to just be where we are today. You know, we can't, Keep rolling around in the, oh, this is what I've lost. This is what, like, what is happening? We just need to look at what is happening today. And Lord, you're with me here. And how can I respond Mm -hmm. to you? Yeah, Yeah. and
1: I think for all of us, I think the last probably six weeks, uh, for me personally, the Lord's flipped a couple things upside down. You know, I think the first part of the summer, like when COVID started, it was, you know, it felt kind of almost like a honeymoon period. Like, let's mm-hmm. pause, let's rest. And those then were we, the
2: days. Those were the days. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. How much bread can yeah, we I'm make? Like, I can't
2: do another puzzle. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> No more puzzles, no more crafts, they're all gone.
2: (laughs) You look back at yourself then and go, oh, you're so cute and naive.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You didn't know you were going to war for six months. Anyway, but then like the summer hit and I think it was this big eruption because okay, like we didn't have virtual school anymore and we're like, okay, all the fun things that we do, for summer, we already did those in COVID, like family bonfires. Mm-hmm. All the, I'm like, all right, I'm all out of ideas. The cruise director is retiring right now; like she's done, <laughs> you know. Sorry. And you can't go anywhere, and you can, and it, you know. And so, I mean, we've been in the pool, we've done this, all this kind of stuff. And so, I, June was really hard for me, like really, really hard for me. And everyone was sick of one another, being in the house, all this kind of stuff. Um, all the camps canceled, all this kind of things. But the Lord really. Use that in mid-July, like there really was a breakdown for me. Like there really was a moment where a couple of situations happened and I completely fell apart. Like, I mean, there was one day, like I was like ugly crying. Like I haven't ugly cried probably since 15 years. Mm. Like where you wake up the next day and you have to put ice on your eyelids because they're so swollen. Mm. And there wasn't any good, like all external situations did not match up to what I was experiencing Um, inside my heart, and it was just that lack of control, the lack of me trying to figure it out on my own, lack of me not receiving the grace that the Lord had already provided. And it was almost like I picture the father looking at me just shaking your head like, girl, like, and I was just a two-year-old just screaming Mm -hmm. and kicking on the floor crying like, (gasps) you know, just why aren't you doing something, you know? And he's like, why won't, you know, here he has like a whole plate of grace, and I won't take the darn grace. Like, I won't receive it. And there was something that he's, I felt like he was saying to me, you have to put some disciplines in your life more so. And I think for me, a big mind shift was I still equivalent discipline with punishment, even like spiritual disciplines, like that I am not enough or that I have to earn or I have to, instead of seeing them as guardrails and gifts to put me on the spiritual journey to grow. And like, I see it as punishment or I see it as I'm not living up to, you know, someone's expectation or the Lord's expectation. And when I really got to the root of that, I was able just to let all of it go. And I literally put everything that I was doing, every child, every relationship on the altar, and I'm like, you can have it. Like, you give back to me what you want me to have, but you can have it. And I meant it. It wasn't just lip service. I'm like, you can have it. Just give me back what I'm supposed to be doing. And with that, I think the Lord really brought in I put some spiritual disciplines in our life, like started intermittent fasting and just started a couple other things. And usually like I can make it maybe three days intermittent fasting, and then I'm like, bring on Chick-fil-A, baby. But (laughs) like, I think because there was a mind shift and the Lord really worked in my mind, was really transforming my mind and my heart at the same time, that I'm realizing, oh, His grace is sufficient. And we say His grace is sufficient, but it's a whole different ballgame when you experience that His grace is sufficient every single day. And day by day, I can do this. So it's been a good turning point. Still so much growing in progress. So what about you, sister? Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. I think that's that's the beautiful, oh, gosh, this is so good. Because the, we all face these things. I mean, I just to tell, tell you, Michelle, I ugly cry fairly <laughs> often. So <laughs> that's, I'm like, oh, I need ice to get on my eyes because I was ugly crying last night. What a surprise. <laughs> that happens to me often. Uh, but that—that's—that's that's the. This is the stuff of real life, people. Like this is real life. This is what we face, and this is the internal recognition of oh, I'm hungry. Quote unquote, I'm hungry here, and this is what I want to go to feed me, and this is what's happening. I'm lonely. I am angry. I'm, and here's what I want to do to see if I can get out of that uncomfortable situation, and and here's what the Lord is saying of oh, you know, you come here, and it, it, I, I see. I love this because it many times it does can cont- take a consistent and concerted turning of our wills like father justin we've had him on the show a couple times and he, you know he often says it is the power of volition of turning our will to the lord saying this doesn't feel good but i know this is the right thing so i'm just going to stand here and it's going to be imperfect i'm going to fall down i'm going to get back up again you know and i think I, I know, especially for me, when we talk about, I think I've talked about this before previously, but I've been really captivated by the, the reality of Christ bringing us into communion and to, coming to love us in the places we are most vulnerable and most dependent. And so often in 12-step meetings, we say, Lord, do for me what I cannot do for myself. And that has been my daily prayer. I, I've just come up against my own stronghold so many times. where I can't, I want to, but I can't. And I'm in poverty. I'm in poverty there, and I all I can do is stand there. And many times this kneeling or, in a sense, like falling on the ground, saying, "Like Lord, you have to do for me what I can't do for myself." And I, I surrender because I can't do this. I can't do this myself. I need your help, and I will. I will cooperate with your grace to do what I can do. I, but I, I can't. I can't do this. And it, for us, I think as human beings to be vulnerable and dependent scares the crap out of us. You know, so we we run away from it at all cost. But really, that's the that's love. You know, you think about. You just think about how, you know, how we want to be loved by somebody who protects us and who we can be vulnerable with and who won't hurt us. And when we have that kind of safety, that kind of refuge, our hearts unfold. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Lord does you know, more and more in these tremendously deep areas of poverty in my own life, um, that that's just that that's, they're just true. I you know that's just true, and all of us have those places. And uh, I think it's a huge grace to be able to admit that, and to see the beauty in it, and just to see like, oh, that's 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 life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what the Lord is doing. He's doing these things in our hearts.
2: Yeah, and I think many of us have that poverty always we just cover it up. We just oh, mask gosh. it up even oh, to so ourselves. True. We mask so it true. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, I got it together and I got my hair done and I got my whatever. And I'm you know, on my way and look at all the things I'm doing and look at all this great accomplishments or whatever it might be. But really, at the end of the day, aren't we all just so little? And we're so in need, and and I keep coming back to the truth that this is the place when we recognize it where we cry out for a Savior, and thank God we have one. Like, He is the Savior. We are not left without one. And when we recognize our poverty, that's exactly when we open the door for Him to come in and save us, which I feel like I've been more aware of my need for being saved like, <laughs> like none other, mm-hmm. you know? I've been lonelier mm-hmm. than ever um, in the last few months. I've been more broken than ever. Like, yeah, the tears, the whatever. Like, I don't, I'm not a huge crier most of the time, but I, most days I'm just, I have tears rolling down my face. You know, there's so much that I just cannot do. M- my word of the year is littleness. <laughs> well, hello. I'm like, wow, Lord, you're really knocking it out of the park with this one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But i think I feel the tenderness of God in that place, and I have felt it over and over again where he's like heather i'm not I'm not turned away by your littleness. I'm drawn to it. This is right where I am. I am the God of the poor, and you're you're a poor little one, and I just want to be with you. I want to be everything for you and so i, I think I think for many of us, you know we're being it's not like you said, Michelle, we're not being disciplined into, you know, get your act together. Although there is some of that, that we have to get our act together. You know, it's an opportunity. It's not like we're being shamed into it. It's an opportunity. But I do feel like there's an invitation from the Lord to be like, will you let me be your one thing every day? Will you let me be your everything every day? Like for real? Like that's what I feel like the conversation is between me and the Lord right now. And I'm like, Yes, Lord, but <laughs> here comes the butt. But here comes <laughs> but, the butt. Yeah, you know, but can I also have this? You know, because I'm human. He's like Heather. Just let me be your everything. Mm.
1: And I think with that, I was in adoration last week, and the Lord was just really bringing up this area of just poverty in myself, right? and it was like part poverty, part brokenness, part littleness, part wound. It was like this beautiful cocktail, and He was revealing it to me, and I. I just wanted to cover it up and cling to it. And mm-hmm. it was almost like he was poking it, like he wasn't being, you know, forceful about it. It was very tender. And I was like, what is it in me that just doesn't want to hold on to this? And I was just praying through it and praying through it and just like imagining in my mind like having just the gaze of Christ upon me. And this makes me cry. And he looked at me, goes, Do you want me to show you my wound first? Mm. I'll show you mine first. Um. You know? And so, yeah, like, it was like, he was showing me his hands, like, I'll show you mine first. And this is love. So will you give me yours? And it was just like, it was part just amazing love for a Savior and part, oh, Lord, how dumb am I? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, look what you yeah. have done, and look what you have done for me. Like you have proven your love over and over again. I am so sorry. You know, I, I will come to you, and like you said, Heather, it's always just an invitation to receive His love. You know, He is a good God. He, but He's a jealous God, and He wants us all, every single part of us, for Himself, and He won't share. You know, He will not share because He wants to be all-consuming for each and every one mm-hmm. of us. But man. And
2: it's not because it's disordered. It's not because he's disordered. It's because he yes. knows this is where our life and our mm-hmm. joy, everything that we are aching for, he has. You know, that's why. It's not because he's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to share it like in a disordered way that we would experience.
1: Yes, exactly. So we don't have a concept for it almost. So yeah, we exactly. don't really have a concept in our mind for the extent of his goodness and the extravagance of his love. Mm-hmm. But man, he's ready to give it and he's ready to give it a hundredfold.
2: I love that image, Michelle. That is going to just stick with me because, yeah, the Lord's vulnerability on the cross. Yes. And he's so vulnerable. He's naked. He's wounded. He's this is, but it is, that is where everything came, the new life came. You know, that had to happen the littleness, the vulnerability for us to be able to get to heaven. And I think he, he's led the way. He's not asking us to do something he hasn't already done.
0: Well, and in, in, in that is so true because he's showing us how to be human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's humanity. That, that's humanity. He's showing us what it means to be truly alive and truly human. And I, I just love just that tender kindness, Michelle. You know, and he, how tireless the Lord is in seeking to order us. Mm. You know, we talk about, you know, first the the prologue of the gospel of John in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. we've talked about that logos means word, but it also means order. Mm. And so the Lord, like you're saying, Heather, the Lord continues. He loves us so much. He's going to continue to order us. He's going to order our love so we can love well, because when our loves are out of order, we can't love well. So he's, he comes to us again and again saying let me be. Let me be your all, because when your love is out of order, I mean, the Lord just corrected me about something recently, and I am like, "You are right, Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much," because my love is out of order. Mm-hmm. And He's like, "I am just. I love you so much that I am going to just going to gently like reset that bone that's been broken since you were a little girl. I am going to reset that so it can grow, so you can love well. And and thank God. Thank God for it. Because how are we supposed to?" How are we supposed to be Christ to the world? How are we supposed to transmit his love if our, our loves are out of order? You know, so the Lord, the Lord just in his jealousy is reordering us, you know. He's reordering us so we can love well. Amen. We can love like him.
1: Amen, girl. Yeah. Amen.
0: Well, gosh, there's our first episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome back, people. And probably a lot of people are like, I thought this would be more fun. Uh, Welcome to 2020. Welcome to 2020. Welcome to season eight, people.
1: Yeah, he is calling (laughs) us into the deep. Jump in.
0: Get your coffee. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be rich. We are going to go into some deep places. This season Mm -hmm. is going to be a new season of not rehashed old things. You're going to hear similar themes because, you know, the hearts are similar. But, man, you're going to hear some new things this season because the Lord mm-hmm. is doing new things. I love Christine Kane. She'll often say, the Lord doesn't do the next thing. He does the new thing. Mm. And so the Lord is doing, always doing something new, always doing something new. And, and we're so grateful, so grateful for that. So so Heather, speaking of your one thing, you want to, you want to give our listeners a one thing for the week as we dive back into the season?
2: Sure. This one is super practical and it's something that has been accompanying me through my summer. It's a new app uh, put out by Ransom Heart. That's John Eldridge's um, ministry and it's called the One Minute Pause. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of apps out there that are like a meditation app or a prayer app or whatever it is. This one in particular, I've really found to be so, so good. And yeah, it's a little cheesy, (laughs) you know, but... The words are so simple, so it's just one minute. The whole idea is coming from a book that he wrote. I think it's called Get Your Life Back or something like that, which I also read this summer. And he's talking about we we need to be asking God to heal our intimacy with him. Regularly throughout our day. And so, wherever their ministry is located, I think he was saying there's like some religious sisters or something nearby, and he could hear the bells throughout the day that were like calling them to prayer. And so, he just started stopping to pray when the bells were there. To like, he's like, no matter what I was doing, I would just stop and like reconnect with God. And then, all of a sudden, everybody on their staff started doing it. And he said, It was so good for my heart to just give everything to God. And so, throughout the one minute pause, there's just music, and he's just saying, he's leading a prayer to saying, I give everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you. Heal my union with you, God. And as I've been doing this throughout my day, I mean, there's been tremendous fruit coming from it. It's just the discipline like you guys were talking about. We need to reintroduce disciplines and I'm not great at doing that on my own. I need a little bit of help. And this app has been really helpful in that. So it's called the One Minute Pause. Michelle, what's your one thing?
1: My one thing is a good friend of Heather Uh, Heather knew her at school, too, but she was a good friend of mine that we went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, and she just passed away last week, Elise Charbonnet-Angelette, and she fought cancer for six years, and she was a mother of five children and married a wife, and just her life and how she battled cancer and how her just whole outlook on life and her holiness, but yet her realness and humanness and all of it it is just amazing, and her funeral mass, actually one of her brothers is a priest, and it was probably one of the best. Homilies I have ever seen at a funeral mass, and just the love and how the Lord worked through her. And so, is a life well lived, and her legacy of love and faith is still being celebrated and will s- still continue to live on. But I will post the link to they put it on YouTube, the mass to celebrate her life. And if you get a chance mm-hmm. to listen to the homily, wow, wow. So that is mine. Sister, what is your one thing? Uh,
0: my one thing is actually something that I've come back to a lot. A priest gave it to me as a penance and confession some time ago, and I've been coming back to it ever since. It's Lauren Daigle's version of the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Mm. Uh, and I listened to that. That has been my song on repeat for months now and I I know it's a remake of a really beautiful old classic but I love her version of it so it's when you were saying that Heather I just was smiling because I'm like that is you did not know that like that is my one thing literally turn your eyes upon Jesus and just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it (laughs) yeah so so here we go friends thank you so much for joining us if this is your first time joining us uh, uh, with abiding together you're most welcome we have seven other seasons of all kinds of wonderful things and we've got a great season for you ahead so what's the lord doing in your life today because that's all we have is today so let's begin let's turn our eyes upon the lord and gaze upon his beauty and until next week we will be abiding together god bless you thank you so much for listening to this week's episode if you liked it would you please share it with a friend We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.